Hey everyone, welcome to the McNuttiest Dimension. I'm Chris McNutt. Glad you could stop by. Tune in today to episode number 10. Made it to double digits. Big shout out and thanks to all my supporters, all you listeners who are enjoying the show, all my guests who have been nothing but superb and terrific uh, to this point. Um, I'm so happy that uh, folks like yourself are tuning in. Enjoying the McNuttiest Dimension Consciousness Salon, a place where, you know, let's just take a break, check out how this joint is working. It's like we're always driving around our cars with some place we need to get, and it's time to just take a break, stop, get out of the car, flip up the hood, look at the engine, check the fluid levels, check the tire pressure. Maybe you want to put a nitro boost in there. It's uh it's your car, it's your experience, it's your journey. Do whatever you like, but uh, take a moment. To just have a look at it. Explore the consciousness behind all of this because you, me, if you're listening, I kind of assume you're sort of into uh, the world of awakening, you know, a path of lightening the load a little bit, exploring what else is out there. But, you know, another question is why does this drive exist within us? Why are we seeking and reaching and exploring these new new or other domains of consciousness? Where's that drive coming from? Now, some would say it's because, well, you, me, everything there is, is all part of divine consciousness. That's the reality of uh, what we're living in, this holographic universe. Every single part of it is all fragments are part of the whole. So you have the spark of infinity within you and the most divine source everythingness is within us but we live in this reality this third dimensional trip we're on in human form we've gone through amnesia and we don't really have a freaking clue what's going on from this perspective but that's also part of the puzzle that's the journey that's why we popped in here in human form it's this giant Rubik's cube that we've been given that we're trying to figure out how do we get back to the source energy. Um, Even though some say we can access it at any time, such is the paradox and the conundrum that we've been given. So for myself and a lot of other people, it seems like this slow journey of work and uh, even though some say it should just all be presence and work is just an illusion and concept in the mind yes I'm hooked into that as well but it just seems gradual and it is a little by little the openings take place but what happens if you're given a sudden big ass jolt of awakening a blast of the good stuff so to speak because That experience happens for many people out there that it is, uh, it's very sudden and the opening can go from narrow to quite wide in an instant. Um, And these blasts of divine energy and opening of higher dimensions and consciousness and energy are not always easy to deal with. 
It's why the yogis and the lamas and the mystical traditions of this world, and some say going back into galactic history with the vegan schools of mysticism that originated off planet from where the lineages of yoga and Buddhism and mystical schools here on earth now take their root, that exploration has been taking place for millions of years. And one of the, the, practices is that this opening takes place gradually because, you know, in our system here in 3D, like we're wired and we have some physicality and we have nervous systems and that are, that are structured in a certain way. And it's like electrical current going through the wires in your house. They're only um, rated to take a certain um, voltage or ampage of, of, of current. So if you put too much through, well, you blow fuses in your breaker, or it's like plumbing where you got a garden hose, but you can't put the city water main worth of water through that garden hose. So if that happens to you, which is sort of what happens energetically with big blasts of energy that can come through when we're suddenly open to other dimensions or consciousness or energy rips through us, our system is not physically or neurologically ready to take it, which is why the practice of yoga and, and the mystical uh, practices like that um, gradually work on the opening, like increasing the diameter of your pipe or the, the wiring within our system uh, continually expands in order to be able to take on these higher levels of energy and voltage um, and current that comes through. But if you get a big blast of it, then it can be very difficult to deal with, even though there's a lot of traditions um, where it's an active practice to try to awaken the kundalini energy and, and some describe it as this energy. It's like a serpent that uh, resides in the base of our spine and you activate it and it, it goes on through up through the, the chakras and up through the spine awakening um, as it goes. And, that, and that's one description of kundalini energy. And kundalini has also become this catchphrase for just intense energy awakening that uh, many people experience. And, and like all things awakening, it's very unique and it's very personal. And how it happens to individuals depends on, yeah, what their karma is, what their wiring is, what their ego is like, and what blockages it needs to go through. And then that becomes the trip of intense energy going through the system and all the constraints, like the little sections of the, of the plumbing that are like really narrow pipes all of a sudden that this intense surge of energy is trying to get through. And that is an intense experience for many people like my guest today. Stephen Potter is a professional acupuncturist. But he's also spent the last 25 years of his life living with what he describes as a very intense experience of kundalini energies in his system on a daily basis. And his journey 
through various practices and explorations of consciousness has been driven by the requirement to, to manage this intense energy flow that is, is present with him almost constantly. Um, so to hear more about this, this wonderful, beautiful journey uh, of Stevens, let's give a big warm McNuttiest dimension. Welcome to my guest today, Stephen Potter. So, Stephen, welcome. So glad you could join us. Thanks for inviting me, Chris. And you'd say that this journey started for you in a way with the with the music and the and the the rave scene where you were growing up in Northern England. Um, so, set the stage for us a little bit. Tell us what that scene was like and your experience there. Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, this is you know late 80s early 90s i was in uh i moved to birmingham and um it was there that i really started to love dancing and i uh, just found i it was my thing you know i could just dance for hours and hours and hours and and how old are you at this time um early 20s and um you know just was exploding all over England, uh, the rave scene, you know, techno house, whatever, drum and bass, all these diff this explosion of creativity and, and new music. And it was just so exciting. And I just, I just loved it. Yeah. Um, and, and being dragged off the dance floor at midday, you know, <laughs> after being dancing for 12 hours or something. And, right. uh, and it wasn't just dance, right? This is sort of like the psychotropics are also involved with this this whole scene for you and many others. Sure, you know, uh, MDMA or ecstasy uh, was a big part of it and still, you know, some uh, LSD kicking around and amphetamines and things. And, you know... Um, done you know for 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 great enjoyment and uh you know and it was a a great shift for for people uh in a society at large in england you know these days they give it you know couples therapy and this kind of thing and it's becoming more legitimized but um you know i saw you know i grew up in liverpool and you know going out in manchester you know you could be stabbed pretty easily you know and i saw some you know some terrible things and uh just a street violence fighting culture alcohol that yeah, sort of thing was yeah, really totally the, the and uh you know and, and it just shifted um within the space of a few months i remember uh you know manchester city i went over there uh and someone smashed the window of the car, chased me down the street, pissing on me, shouting Scouser and all this. The next time, six months later, they came over to, to Liverpool and they're all waving uh, inflatable bananas and singing songs and blowing bubbles. And, and this is the football. This is football. This fans. was, yeah, football terrace culture, you know, and, uh, you know, 
you know, music, football, fashion, the whole thing. It's kind of, you know, the, the youth culture at the time was, uh, you know, a big part of everyone's lives. And, uh, and, and then, you know, and then I went over to, uh, to the Hacienda, which was like a big, you know, club in, in, uh, Manchester and everyone's just coming up and hugging you and, and didn't matter where you were from anymore. Instead of stabbing you or taking you out back and beating the shit out of you. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, you know, in that way, you know, ecstasy was, uh, uh, was really a great thing for, for for personal sort of you know liberation i you know had direct experience of what you know of of love and 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 community and just being open and honest and sharing with people because you go back after raves and just chat for hours to people about all kinds of things you know and uh, it was just yeah it was just fantastic so how much did the music also kind of play a part in this, you know, the beat and the hours on the dance floor and the trance and that sort of thing. How much was that part of the mystical a massive, experience? Yeah, a massive, massive part. You know, it's like you said, you know, the, the trance and, uh, and, 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 and the repetitive nature of the, of the music and it just, this beat and, and the, the bass frequencies just take hold of the body and uh and then when you give yourself to the rhythm for hour after hour you know as people have been uh dancing around you know fire and 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 drumming for millennia you know you certainly it was a very common thing where people would say i got this feeling of like everyone's been dancing like this for thousands of years and we're just keying into something that's very much part of our shared cultural heritage you know that we kind of forgot about by just making it this thing you did when you got drunk and try to you know um introduce yourself to a lady or whatever you know and 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 then removing that from the equation it was just purely about dancing again you know tribal and yeah. kind of primitive and and, yeah. and that sort of experience and you realize just wow i i haven't thought for hours i haven't thought of anything for hours and I'm just totally at one with the body and the movement and the rhythm and the and and uh, totally absorbed in it total absorption so you got the music you got the psychedelics and tell us the tale of how that led into into your opening experience yeah so um new year's eve 95 96 I think I was 25 and um had been out all night and then got chatting to a to a girl this uh this friend elaine and and um she just said to me you know steve you know are you are you spiritual and it was just like wow i i, I don't know i guess maybe that's you know ex-catholic hated the church you know just saw it as a repressive and authoritarian no yeah and like read a bad Book, first book on Buddhism, you hadn't picked up the Upanishads or, you know, had any of those sort of that in, was influences. Not on not on my radar or anyone's radar in my cultural circle at all. You know, no, no. Bill Hicks. I don't know if you've watched much Bill Hicks, you know. He was probably the first person that was kind of like, you know, bringing into into my circle this idea that uh you know you could take psychedelics and 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 discover something else going on in life you know uh some a spiritual dimension so 
he opened me up to the possibility of it. And um, and then I'd been having episodes of deja vu and uh, and sort of premonition and and, and in dreams and, and things like this. So things had started to get a little uh, uh, shifty in a way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there was a shift occurring. So when she asked me that question, I was kind of like, yeah, sure, you know, maybe, why not, you know? So she's like, well, let's have some more acid and, you know, go for a walk and chat about it. So that's what we did and um, had a great time. Ended up back at her house and uh, lying in bed. And this is way after the peak of the acid. This is like, you know, 12, 14 hours after taking it. And, uh, but it, you know, what if you've ever taken uh, LSD, it, you know, moves through the system and just sort of, you know, you work through all the uh, all the, the heaviness of the thought patterns and the ego and stuff until you're just left at this very light kind of thoughtless state. And I was just lying in bed just thinking, wow, I like, there's just nothing going on. But yet here I am. This is nuts. Like, like for what felt like minutes and minutes and minutes and there's just no thoughts no no uh extrapolations on things and wondering about things it was just pure awareness and this just created this gap where something else could come in and this something else was uh this this flow of energy that i felt at first sort of in the uh in the belly and uh and as I acknowledged it, it kind of grew. And then I was like, Elaine, is this coming from you? But I'm just like thinking it in my head. And immediately there's this bigger flow of energy and it just big glow kind of responds. And, and then I'm like, Elaine, this is you. And, and she just giggles and it's like, yeah, okay, this is happening. She's transmitting this energy. Okay. And then it just comes up into my heart and just my heart just exploded in this this loving um energy and and as i sort of acknowledged it again it expanded and grew and then just came up into the mind and filling the head and as i from there it just kind of went up through the crown and to what i would call the higher self which was a very real solid feeling thing about brain second brain or something six foot above the head like it was obvious to you you'd never experienced that before but you you oh, had the knowing that's yeah, what it was yeah yeah exactly and 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 so this sort of second brain is like separate from the from the separate ego brain my not what i took from my normal brain and uh and so it just kind of took over and it, and then and then so I'm looking around and 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 realizing that there's no difference between my body and the bed and the air everything is just a dance of kind of vibratory wave like energy and molecules and some is more dense than others but there's essentially no difference so of course it's like I'm just at one with the room. There's no boundaries or anything. And then as I start looking at it and looking at it and looking at it, I can see that the gaps in the spaces in these molecules and that, and in the gaps, there's light. But it's a light that is 
more radiant and clear and more real than any light that I've seen before. That's you know coming from the sun or or from a from a from a lamp or something. And I'm just like, and there's a quality to it. There's, it's 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 like life giving and loving and and divine. It's the only word I can use to describe it. Is it's Did divine. that come to you at the time? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was just like wow. This is divine light. And then I'm like, but if it's divine light, that means there's a divine being. There's a divineness. There's a there's a God. And then there's just this like <laughs> this little chuckle from you know just behind me, and I'm like, uh, God. Uh, yeah, yeah, Steve. And then just this wave of of eternal, unconditional love of just yeah, just flew through me, and uh, and and so I'm just laughing and just going for real, God, really? Yes, yeah, Steve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's real. It's true. You know, and and and, and you're just speechless. You know, I mean, just like bathing in this divine light and and love and so and god was just like yeah you know it's it's true you're safe you're you're loved you will always be loved you will always be known by god you know was it audible did was it like a word being spoken yeah, to you totally or audible just this conversation we're having now mm. yeah um except it was from a radiance kind of up here so you can kind of just see some bright light or something but not fully in awareness you know it was just yeah so and how long did that go on for lying you're lying in the bed with your friend mm -hmm. and and how long did that experience last if you even Hard to say yeah have you a know, sense of time <laughs> yeah sent a couple of about an hour at the peak i would say um, so kind of the, 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 you know, the radiant light kind of like receded a bit. God said, you know, said, you know, you'll always be loved. And, and then that was the message, you know, and then it kind of receded. And then I'm just like in, in my head, did that just happen, Elaine? And she's laughing and just saying, yeah, yeah, that just happened. And, and I was just like, wow. So, so what, what do we do? And she's like, well, we could we could go flying. Uh, I'm like, like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, just try, just try, because you're not constrained by you know we're talking in our head, so we're not constrained by the physical body anymore. I'm like, right, okay. So then we, I just kind of like slipped out of the body, and then was up on the ceiling looking down. I'm like, okay, this is freaky. And then she, like, I got this sense of her just sort of like taking me by the hand and we floated out the window and up above the house and I looked down and then something kicked in and I was, I was back in. So there was a, yeah, a little bit of astral projection. And when I went to leave, it was like I could see the, the trees were no longer like these inanimate objects. They were like living, breathing beings sparkling with divine 
energy and the whole world was just, I just saw it all anew, you know? And that lasted like another day or two. Wow. So this is just, Kate, you know, the acid trip just kept on going in a, in a, in a way, even yeah. though it wasn't necessarily the LSD speaking anymore. Yeah. Um, the LSD opens you up. And there's a flavor to it because you've got that in your system. But yeah, it's like, you know, I've taken LSD since and and, and having a peak experience on LSD is very different to this this first experience. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. what's what's ego mind Stephen thinking during all of this? How is that relationship going down? Good question. Um, freaking out, you know, like don't have any words to describe it you know i'm totally unaware of of kundalini or subtle body or chakras or any of that language you know um and so it takes me yeah the next year or two is pretty um, this keeps going for for that that's it now 25 years later yeah you know <laughs> it's it's still going it's still going yeah so then what was that first year like what was that transition and adjustment like um rough would be a, a word so this this energy that when the ego isn't getting in the way when the chakras are aligned when the crown is open and can can fully uh, manifest as a thing of you know of 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 divine you know wondrous and uh, wonder and, and beauty but when the ego is attached to a lot of things <laughs> a lot of desires and fears and anger and emotions and when the, the 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 channels the subtle energy is is uh you know is blocked through you know toxins and and uh and very you know and bad uh diet and things like this you know and all of these subtleties that i'm totally unaware of so what um, was what was your 25 year old self like were you like you know, did you have a good diet or were you just like drinking lots of beer and smoking darts? Uh, you got it. You know, my, my life was, was pretty much, uh, was very hedonistic, you know, I, and also quite poor. <laughs> so, uh, Snickers and chocolate milk, um, you know, in England, there's a chippy on every corner, uh, you know, you know, so yeah, chips, chocolate bar, you know, I remember a friend bringing some apples back from the market and they sat in the bowl and went off for a week because nobody touched them, you know? we Oh, fruit, yeah, I don't know, you know? So in that environment, you're just, you know, not the healthiest guy, but, I mean, welcome to your 20s. It's kinda, yeah. That's kind of how it goes down for a lot of us. And you have this... What you you now call a kundalini is just a word, or a, you know that uses a descriptor that a lot of people kind of relate to in some way. Yeah, I guess you know it's a, it's a it's a handy uh, word for you know I was walking around to people just saying it's like I'm made of liquid and there's this liquid flowing through me and sometimes it's really nice and sometimes it gets stuck and it's really painful and, and you know like if you've got like water that can't move and it builds up into a pressure until like the pipe bursts or something 
that's what it feels like. It feels like my head is going to explode. Wow, you're feeling this. You're feeling this physically. Oh, very, very physically, very physically. Um, Regularly, like with this, with this, with these waves go up and down, like within the hour, within the day, within the week. Like, what was its kind of like wavelength of that? Where was it really erratic and chaotic? Erratic and chaotic. Yeah, yeah. you know, and, and so I, I, you know, started to try and get a handle on it. And uh, the first place I landed was um, doing Qigong and uh, do, and getting acupuncture. And hence my, you know, devotion to acupuncture and Qigong. Uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an acupuncturist. I, uh, you know, and, and saw that it really, you know, moved me along in, you know, in great, uh, in, you know, to a great extent, you know. But I could, before you found that, you just, you're with a group of friends who like, there's, you know, you're not hanging out with spiritual people. Did you, did you even like, you know, somehow, you know, with synchronicity, did like books come into your, uh, you know, field at all? Or did, did any of that stuff start to happen along the path or were you really just kind of stumbling around in the dark on your own? You know, there's some new agey things. The Celestine prophecy. Do you remember that one? Yeah. yeah. Um, sounded great, but I couldn't manifest it, you know? Um, just seemed like somebody else's dream. It wasn't my dream, you know? And, um, and, 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 you know, and then started to, you know, to, to just suddenly notice it's like, oh, there's a Buddhist center around the corner, you know? When did that open? Oh, so I go in and check this Buddhist center out and, uh, you know, oh, and then there's another Buddhist center up the road. What's that all about? Why is there two Buddhist centers? So then you start to realize, oh, there's different schools in Buddhism. And the first one, New Kadampra tradition. Don't know if you've ever come across that. Is yeah. that uh, Theravedic or? Uh, it? It's a guy. He's, he's, I think he's, t- he's Tibetan, Gyatso, something. But it's like, a bit of cultish you're only supposed to read his books or something and it was it was all a bit weird and 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 so that's when you get the first inkling of like hey just because you've got kundalini flowing and you met and you've met god it doesn't mean that every sign is going to lead to something some big brilliant beautiful thing sometimes the sign is that you need to learn that you don't just listen to every idiot, you know? <laughs> You've got to uh, uh, create some discernment here and and still engage uh, the mind. And you need to get the, you know, the, the, the spiritual dimension, the higher self and, the, and the, the separate ego mind in some kind of harmony, you know? You can't just be open and naive and guided by these signs or something, you know? I was getting little twinkles everywhere and if you know and you feel like you're being guided by these by these little signs and stuff but then I I was just like wow I'm gonna drive myself crazy trying to follow all the this secret path of mysticism or something and I was just getting led down so many strange alleyways and stuff you know and uh so what was the first one that really struck you and like okay there's some value here this is this what was the what was the first one that kind of really hit you on some deep level um trunkpa 
so Tibetan Buddhism, Chagyam Trungpa. Um, the way he described um, what he calls drala, um, the and the and the energy, and putting it to constructive use, like he calls the way of the warrior, the Shambhala path, is is uh, is these is harnessing the energy and 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 putting it to a, a sort of a righteous purpose, you know. And the way he described uh, the monkey mind, um, not even knowing that it's in a cage, and and that really like I was like, oh yeah, I didn't even know that I was operating from a delusion <laughs> until I had this massive, you know, shift in consciousness. So you've had you have this shift, but again, like it didn't negate it didn't have some magical power to take away all the you know some say the lower qualities the ego mind you know that you're that that's ripping around that stuff was still you're still a guy in your 20s and that stuff's still firing around like everybody else for sure yeah you know it's uh and in a way the energy can distort the ego into a feeling of superiority and uh which can be very dangerous as well you know so it can enhance a a an ego and the mind into, into you thinking that you you've got some kind of access to special powers and you're you're different and you're this and that and and really it's a very humbling experience to realize you're not <laughs> you know you're just the same horny addicted idiot you were two years before or whatever you know came in through my lower chakras expanded up out of my crown filled me full of bliss and wonder Except the times it left me feeling down Didn't anybody tell me This is how I'm gonna be Mind and body of a normal human But ripping through with Kundalini Oh yeah Chogam, who's, you know, spoke to you first, you know, his life was a bit of a kundalini acid trip in general. Yeah, right. You know, finding out that, you know, that he was riding some crazy uh, energy and didn't handle it particularly well in many aspects as well, you know. And so that is like, wow, okay, fuck, you can be like a Buddhist master and still fucked and up by be this. be a mess. And be a total mess, you know. So that was a really like, okay, I'm not the only one going through this, you know. Stop beating yourself up, you know, for, for not being this perfect being, you know, and just get on with just inch by inch trying to sort it out, you know. Um, so I'm trying to think, yeah, the next um, big shift for me was uh, was that was Rupert Spira, who is a uh, uh, direct path, non-dual teacher and um and his meditations really um enabled me to kind of disentangle uh from identifying with the kundalini with the 
uh with the ego mind with the with the sensations with the with the and uh and get to this place of of more uh equanimity and and just allowing and just 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 being the witness right he's yeah. pretty straight up like non dual just yeah witness and sit and watch yeah watch the watcher and all of that stuff exactly yeah so i found that uh that really useful what was it like what what did that feel like to have sort of that experience that maybe was it a bit of detachment where you as you say you you had a bit of perspective on something that you were at one time kind of like in it you know it was kind of claustrophobic did it feel like there was now some like spaciousness around it in some way yeah yeah that's a that's a good uh a good way of describing it there's a there becomes a yeah there's an inner space that you uh, but but the ego is attached to um the, the sensations and identifying with the sensations as 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 the self, and so you know uh, Rupert Spearer is that very good at saying you know well what is experiencing this what what is the experiencer who who are you who is the experiencer and do I exist you know what am I and 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 he, and then you're just like yeah I I do exist I I do and and. And he's just like, well, what what is saying what exists? And, and you just this knowing awareness exists. And he's like, yes, that's it. You are this knowing awareness. That's it. And and so every night I'm listening to these meditations, and just for a few minutes, five minutes, I'm totally free. And that's a great feeling when you've been for years caught up in your struggle trying to control and manipulate this energy to move in a certain way trying to control the you know uh negative thoughts and the, and the and the and the harmful emotions and this whole thing and and then all of a sudden you're just like it's just the ego again trying to control the ego that's why you're not getting anywhere <laughs> and 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 taking this step back and as the witnessing knowing awareness and you just like suddenly see if you don't get caught up in that game there's no game which is a yeah is a great realization so do you think that experience that you have like many of us i've spent time in non-dual meditation as well was it aided by this kind of kundalini energy that was kind of open it did it did it help or were you just like the rest of us who had to kind of like grind through that realization to get to that point or did, did does has this also helped to just kind of like smooth the pathway in some way for you i'm not in your head so i don't know my experience of it is it feels profound in that there's no separation i don't know how if that's how other people experience it and that this was very real and tangible it's not like a a a theoretical process or something it's like you know when i i take the position as knowing awareness I am very much knowing awareness, you know, and it's a very spacious um, experience that, you know, this knowing awareness extends for a long way. 
you know, and 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 is there and go and sinks back, and is deep and spacious, and goes down into the ground, and that is like a deep rooting into the ground. And I find that's when I, and then you re, and then and then you kind of like spread out, and then you come up into, and you realise there's no separation between you and the other objects. But those objects are also awareness. So that's the that's the thing where because because yeah, I think you mentioned before like you can get um, there's a separation and an emptiness and a spaciousness to uh, a sort of the initial non-dual realization, but it can also be um, a little empty, devoid, the void. You can kind of feel like you're you're in a void, uh, and so the next stage is the reintegration into uh so that there's no separation um and that reintegration and seeing that that all manifestations are awareness and that there's no separation from awareness you just are awareness and everything is awareness so it's like at first you're caught up in in this uh and then you separate out from it and then you re-merge with it but you're free. There's a there's a there's a there's a freeness to the to the be to to remerging and being one. And and along with this was was it because you're talking about the void and the emptiness and that experience was it was it dry or do is there also a richness of the the heart space and sort of the you know joyfulness accompanying this experience for you. Or maybe even both, because I've heard it described in both ways. And that's where the you know I I, I always come back to uh, to the Tibetan Buddhist uh, lineage because they're you know they're very much about the uh, loving compassion practice, and um, it can certainly the the void feels empty, and you know there's a nihilism nihilism to it or something you know. It's like, well, what, what's the, nothing real? Nothing matters. Why do anything? There's nothing to achieve. And 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 then, like, if you if you if what we're really looking for is is to is to have a, an enjoyable, happy existence, this doesn't f- feel right, you know. There, there should be more. There's more more to this. And then, and then, so going back to 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 the uh, the Buddhist uh, practices of of visualization and uh and mantra and uh and and then getting these very tangible beautiful uh grace waves emanating from um you know a picture of the dalai lama or uh, a picture of uh of the vajrayana the avalokshvara or you know any of the of the of the lineage tree and did you did you practice? Was this a formal thing? Did you go and study in in the Tibetan tradition? I did. I studied to the extent, yeah, that I read um, fairly extensively. You know, Snow Lion publications, Shambhala publications. Uh, you know, um, uh, Atisha's uh, Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment was a, is a good one. Um, um, Studied. I went to to Dharamsala and hung out in uh, India. In India, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
quick aside for the for the uh, meeting the Dalai Lama it was a beautiful occasion. Um, I don't know if you've been to to Dharamsala. There's the there's the Dalai Lama's uh, residence, and then there's the 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 Gompa, the temple, and there's like a little courtyard in between. So I heard he'd be walking through at this time. So I I you know stood and stood next to this you know tiny little uh tibetan guy who's like 120 or something and he's sort of you know crouched there and 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 the dalai lama comes through and of course it's you know he's a you know a, a, a reincarnated buddha he's a very uh very you know uh, important person in uh tibetan culture so he comes over and blesses the um the uh the old guy next to me and then he as he does the blessing he kind of finishes and then he turns and just glances at me and smiles and and it was like being right back at that initial Whoa. opening, you know. It's like, wow, this guy is for real. There's whatever he's doing, I'll have some of that, yeah. And you felt that? Oh, totally. And I should say, yeah, I met the uh, the car mapper a couple of weeks later. Uh, the 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 young guy, not the uh, not the sixteenth, the seventeenth car mapper. Totally different. He was in the void. The, and, and he just looked and and transmitted the void, mm. and that was whew, you felt like you'd just been dropped on the outer edges of the solar system for a, a moment, and you experienced deep space, and then came back, and it was like wow, very different energy from the two guys. Yeah, so the so the Dalai Lama is very you know very much about the the the. Uh, loving compassion and 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 it feels great to have that as the center of your being you know as your guiding principle that you're you are loving and compassionate to all beings no exceptions and and taking that as your ground of being you know and and then you and then you it, it prevents a lot of the of the 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 depression i think that can set in with some people you know and uh and 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 nihilism and 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 stuff you know if you're just hanging out in the in this sort of uh eternal spacious void you know were you experiencing any of that throughout the years this is because meeting the dalai lama how many years after is this uh your initial experience we're talking about seven about seven years and in that time was there sort of like ups and downs were you were you also you know depressed as well as this elation and you know moments of bliss that you were getting from the opening uh, yes definitely you know um obviously it wasn't uh, uh, uh initially you feel like you've been handed the you know the monopoly you know <laughs> go meet god card do not pass go collect 200 you know it's like woo, and i'm home and then you realize it's like no you've done all the way around now you're back at square one and you've got to work your way all the way back and i was it was and that's what it, it felt was, like you had yeah. to work your way all the way back yeah. it didn't it felt like it didn't push you ahead it was like even took you a little the only it's a motivating factor it's a motivating force it won't let you forget that this is what you're here to do but apart from that it was a monumental fucking pain in the ass pain in the head you know pain in the back pain down the legs pain you know, ev any and everywhere. Your 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 nervous system is on fire. 
that you know you you're massively sensitive to to all kinds of external stimulus i'm totally unaware of this i'm still you know drinking drinking coffee smoking and all this kind of stuff and then slowly i let go of those things and like you know and start running and get in shape and start doing qigong and yoga and start meditating and doing acupuncture and and things improve but it's there's no magic bullet you know because the more you get on the more you realize oh the defilements the the blockages have become subtle you know become more and more subtle and so you know you can do all this stuff and it's purifying but you know if you are getting up from the meditation mat and and you know swearing internally at the guy on the bus because he hasn't got his money or something you're just like oh, come on you fucking idiot oh yeah and you're just like Okay, yeah, I'm still, you know, I'm still full of of reaction and and anger and and these kinds of things, and so it becomes a, a constant process of monitoring the internal uh, thoughts process, you know, and realizing that uh, you've got to get to the root of these, you know, you've got to you've got to up, un, uproot, um, you know, these deep habits of mind, you know. It sounds like. You're describing just doing the work like that so many of us have done in various formats, you know, without having had these big opening experience experience like you did. But it's still grinding it out, doing the work. You're human. You've got all this crap in our system and experience and trauma and habits and shit that we deal with. And you were working it out like on some way like the rest of us. Yeah, 100 percent. Nobody gets a, gets a free pass nobody and you know we've all got you know stuff to work through and um and yet you're still having this experience that that you said that continues to this day that can open you up and you get a little glimpse of the of the bliss of 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 god yeah do you is there any relationship there? As you say, that initial experience was kind of like a being, like you you sensed a being conscious and you heard the laughter, you heard mm-hmm. a voice talking. Is, has a, a relationship of any kind continued along those lines? At first, I felt abandoned and lost and confused. And then realizing that, yeah, you know, that's not, how it is god is not holding most people's hands through life you know pops into your life says hi and then he and then it's gone again you know and it's down to you to uh you know establish a path that brings you back to god and i feel that i you know i'm 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 somewhat back in 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 uh, relation with 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 God, with the source of, of life, and I get signs that 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 among, that this is going well, you know, and things are things are moving in the right direction. So you got some Rupert Spira, you got some uh, Tibetan Buddhism. Is was there anything else of of uh, you know great import that kind of helped you along the way? People, teachers. Yeah. Um, so Ken Wilber um was very useful in um you know he if you read a lot of ken wilbur he's you know he's read a lot of stuff and he and he synthesizes that information into uh into a handy 
you know, book, and uh, and I found that was a great uh, education in uh, in all the you know the wisdom traditions, and uh, uh, and then he you know shows this process for how he's come to uh, to create this this map, which he calls like the integral map, and I found that very useful, realizing that you know there are um, dimensions to being um, of which there's an internal uh, dimension with then different uh, strata on the internal dimension. And then there's the external dimension as well. So like I was saying earlier, it's like, yeah, you know, you can do, you know, uh, work, energy work and, you know, and different things and meditation and stuff. But then how is that relating to the external and so, you know, how, what's your personality like? What's your, you know, what are your habits like? What is your job like? What, what is how you, how you act in the world is a reflection of the, of the inner uh, work and, and the way he, yeah, he has this map of the four quadrants. So there's, you know, the personal uh, internal, the personal external, the social internal and the social external. And I found that sort of integral map to be really, uh, really useful um and it led you you've you've you have a career in the healing arts yeah exactly you know and 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 uh and and that was instrumental in in me saying yeah you know i i want to be doing something of service that resonates uh you know with me that i enjoy getting up in the morning and not being like oh fuck it's monday morning again you know I didn't want that. <laughs> and, you know, I'd tried being creative and doing the whole music thing. I'd done different things with that and journalism and all this and, and realizing that, yeah, like to, to a lot of that is, is, you know, is having, you know, front and ego game and stuff, you know, and, and, uh, and, and but being, you know, of service and, and having a skill that reliably helps people is the way to go so yeah that really helped me commit to uh to studying for acupuncture because that was a six year seven year long haul process you know how uh, did how does acupuncture and you know you're you're dealing with meridians you're opening up blockages uh you know it's it's very energetic like you're 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 there mm -hmm. in the energy and and how has that related to your kundalini experience and and the energy of that? Is there any correlation? There is, but I'm not an energy healer. So I use the uh, the needles um, to open up uh, channels, and I'll be, you know, I take the tongue and pulse and. And I was like, mm, you know, is it is this one lung five? Am I doing lung five? And and then I'll just get a little. Uh, there's like a little star. I see a little star lights up on the point. It's like, oh yeah, I'm doing lung five. <laughs> so that's my little recognition and using the kundalini in that way. And then there's a little, you know, I, I come from the heart. I'm breathing into the heart, and and then I, and then I'm placing the needle. Some people will be like, oh, you know, they're then going in with the energy and feeling into people's energy and moving people's energy. And it just didn't feel right for me. Maybe that will come. 
Um, but at the moment, it's it's not how I how I practice. You know, I get intu- intuition uh, from the Kundalini and get the sense that yeah, this is this is the right treatment. And sometimes, you know, a thought pops into my head that, that and I'm just like, oh, really? Hmm, okay. And 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 so there's a yeah there's an, an intuition to the acupuncture, but it's not a, an energy transmission. I prefer to just say I've I've learned a a, a really good system of uh, uh, you know of acupuncture and traditional Chinese medicine, and I use those tools that I've been given, but I kind of get out of the way as much as possible. I said I'd always been a dancer. Raved at clubs all through the night Seeking psychedelic answers Or just a way to get back to the light Didn't anybody tell me This is how I'm gonna be Mind and body of a normal human But ripping through with kundalini Oh yeah Is it daily that you do work and say, I don't know, does it feel like you're managing the kundalini? Does it feel like if you don't do practices of some nature does it feel like it can fly off the handle again and just become a you know a torturous shit show in some way as it kind of was at the beginning those waves or does it feel like the waves themselves maybe mellowed a bit no it's a shit show if i don't keep on top of it for sure um you know whereas in the past it was like 80 percent painful maybe you know 10 20 percent you know in the flow feeling connected feeling good it's now 90 percent good but every day there's still some pressure some you know sense inner sensation of, of just like oh, you know it's still really there really pushing into my skull trying to come out so where has it pushed you lately? Uh, you say Ken Wilber was big. Was there any other kind of experiences that it's kind of been significant that it's kind of, because as you say, it's pushing you. It feels like there's this thing that's, you know, you have to do the work where maybe yeah. some of us are lucky that we don't have to. It's moving you forward. Yeah, totally. And and, and where's, what's what's the next stations on that train? What what have they been like? Um, so yeah, Advaita Vedanta, uh, the non-dual te- Hindu teachings. Um, uh, James Schwartz was the, the teacher that really... Uh, made sense for me and he's uh, teaching shankara a, a seventh century uh hindu uh teacher who sort of so the story goes the bhagavad gita had kind of you know fallen by the wayside a bit and he kind of reinterpreted it and and got people interested. Shankara. yeah shankara, oh, yeah, yeah he's one of the big guns yeah so Absolutely. yeah so so teach it so yeah um learning that whole lineage and that really uh you know getting good knowledge of the subtle energy the gunas 
Rajas and uh, and uh, Tamas and Sattva and understanding how those were affected by different uh, emotional states and uh, foods and everything, you know, and, and, and how every day is a play of those energies, you know, and if you if you play them right, then you end up with some sattva and it feels nice. <laughs> and you put that into practice and you found that it was effective. Hugely. Yeah, hugely. But the the, the reason I found it uh, really useful is because, um, you know, after, you know, having going on meditation retreats and having some deep, uh, very blissful, amazing uh, meditation retreats, realizing that there were still experiences that came to an end and maintaining this this meditative mind stream is a lot of effort like you've got to be meditating you know you go to a vipassana retreat and goenka says like you know two hours a day two hours a day you know one hour in the morning one hour in the evening and um i just found that very difficult to, to maintain you know and so you fall by the wayside and you get dis 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 disappointed with yourself and you know self-recrimination and oh i'm an idiot i can't do it the work i'm supposed to be able to do and so james schwartz came along and was just like forget about it <laughs> you know forget about trying to be this perfect monk just understand with the mind remove the ignorance of reality and you'll be settled in it understand it don't try and have an experience because all experiences come to an end. Understand it. Use the mind to understand reality. That will settle you. How did that settle in for you? It took about seven years of constant studying. You know, not, I mean, you know, 30 minutes to an hour a day, reading, listening. It's pretty solid. That's yeah, dedication. Pretty solid practice until just gradually you start going about your day and you and like i say that ratio of suffering to being settled feeling like you know the energy is in the background and flowing it's not dominating my my thoughts or or i'm not trying to have a big experience i'm just getting on with with things you know and uh not attached to experience anymore and just just slowly gradually realizing it's like oh I, I go through most of the day now without thinking about it. You know, it's just, it's okay. So yeah. this is the, this is the Stephen Potter groove of the, that you've, you've hit now after 25 years of this, you know, the Kundalini and solid practice, it seems to, there's, there's a smoothness. Yeah, totally. You know, um, like it, it felt like, yeah, I've had a good grounding in Buddhism. I've got a good grounding in, uh, you know, in Advaita Vedanta of like, I've, I've created this, this vehicle, uh, you know, I can work with the energy and the, and the, the subtle, uh, uh, channels with the acupuncture and I do the Qigong to keep things flowing, but there was still some knots there. And, um, so I was kept on playing with it and I got into, uh, affecting the brain waves using electricity on the needles because realizing that you know that part of this it it's the nervous system and it's 
crunching through the nervous system and it's just so i've got to try and regulate you know the nerve it's like electromagnetic you know we're electromagnetic beings and and the nerve signals are, are electrical signals so let's try and affect this with electricity so i started putting needles in the ears and 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 putting electrical currents and playing around with that and uh feeling really good from it you know i'm like well this is this is juicy stuff <laughs> and um and then i was listening to uh binaural beats i don't know if you you know and 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 synchronizing the brain waves and and uh and feeling good from that and then uh i started to to look at uh brain entrainment machines um you know so and, so when just in uh, in a nutshell what what is brain entrainment machinery so using um light so if you go to the hospital, which I did, you know, 25 years ago, or whatever, and uh, they're trying to measure, you know, your brain activity and it's an EEG and they put a strobe in your eyes and they're just like, okay, so this strobe is putting you at 10 hertz and they measure whether your brain responds to that. So this is a way that clinicians use to regulate brainwaves. So it, it works. So brain entrainment is uh, using um, a strobe light effect to put the brain into a certain brainwave. Then you can use other uh, sensors as well. So there's the, the binaural beats um, is, is one that uh, uses auditory for brain, for synchronizing brain waves. And, and, and I think this is something that really resonated for me from, you know, the where we came in initially talking about the music and and how what a, a, a big impact music has on your emotions your 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 whole being is affected by the by the musical waves you know by the sound waves and so and realize and it's like and then and then the brain waves and those brain waves get into different states and uh uh so that works that's for sure and then this this brainway brain entrainment machine I've, I've got is uh, is also got uh, cranioelectrical stimulation, uh, so that's putting electrical current uh, into the uh, vagus nerve, into the the, the cranium, and uh, and then you can set that at a certain frequency, and then help to to regulate the nervous system onto that brain wave, onto that wave as well. So, so specifically, um, you have a specific device. I do. It's called the David Delight Pro. The guy is in Edmonton, believe it or not. He's just down the road in Canadian far, terms. Not, yeah, not far from us in, yeah. in Whitehorse, Yukon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Only 2,000K or whatever down the road. But yeah, uh, yeah so I was quite surprised that uh, probably the best in the world is manufactured not far away. And did you just come across this Google searching? Or? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So I um, I bought it. It's, it's not cheap. It's a good few hundred dollars. Well, you know, 30-day money-back guarantee. So I'm just like, okay, put it on the visa and, uh, you know, get it. So it came in the post and, you know, I, and I tried it and I was like, yeah, it's okay. I don't know. Okay, persevere, you know, persevere. So I was, you know, trying it and, you know, the lights weren't as bright as I thought they'd be. And, they, they, yeah, I don't know, you know, it's having a bit of an effect, but it's not like the, wow, I thought it was going to be. So I'm kind of like, did do I keep this? Do I, do I keep this machine? I really don't know. You know, it's pretty expensive and I don't know. 
anyway, so I went to the library. And uh, anyone that's been the Whitehorse Library will know it's a, a, a magnificent uh, resource that we have there. The, the, they've got a, an amazing array of books. And so I'm doing my usual, going around, picking out books. And I've got a little stack of books. And there's this book, and it's called Yoga Does Not Work. I'm like, well, that's an interesting title. <laughs> so I'm just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I go to put it back. And a little voice is like, keep the book, Steve. Like, okay goes on the keep pile i'll keep the book i guess i'll look at it at some point so i go home and sure enough this yoga does not work by jack tom sits on the coffee table for another week or something and uh and then one night uh, i'm looking at this brain entrainment machine just thinking you know it's a lot of money do i do i keep it i really don't know it's like day 20 of the trial and then I look at, and there's this book on the coffee table. I'm just like, so what's this yoga does not work anyway? And by Jack Tom and Jack Tom cycled from Vancouver to Whitehorse in the seventies and got so in the zone, he had a Kundalini awakening. I'm like, okay, well, that's interesting. A local author, Totally random. I could have been, you know, any author from anywhere in the world. A local author had a Kundalini awakening in the 70s. And so that immediately, so I'm like, wow, okay. And then it goes and he struggles to get it back and to try and work out what the hell it was all about. And he does yoga for years. Hence the title of his book, Yoga Does Not Work. He didn't find it satisfactory to uh, to reestablishing the, the Kundalini and stuff. And, and then he's like, but I... It, I did get it back. I, I can now switch the Kundalini on at will. And you know how I did it? I bought the David Delight Pro. I'm like, what? <laughs> the very machine that I have sat here wondering, should I buy it or not on this 30-day money-back guarantee? Do I keep this machine? And I pick up a random book from the library that somehow speaks to me. I pick it up and it doesn't just say, oh, brain entrainment machines are useful. Maybe you should try one. It says brain entrainment machines will activate your Kundalini. And the best one to have is the David Delight Pro, the very make and model that I have in my hand. So you kept it. I kept it. <laughs> I mean, fuck, you know, when you get a signal like that from the cosmos, you you take you pay attention, eh? And have you? <laughs> and then did you start to use it? I have, yeah. So I don't know how many months in I am. Six months in with this machine, and um, you know, at first it's just a jumble of lights flashing in front of you and a noise, and it's a bit overwhelming. And so I start doing uh, breathing, uh, box breathing, four, 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 and you get nice spaciousness and just sinking with the breath and um and then this strobe starts to form into a pattern and these patterns are kind of like uh hexagonal fractal patterns that you might see on on lsd or something and and they start forming and then um an inner space opens up as this strobe rewires your brain nervous system and and it becomes very harmonious and 
And is this in one session or is this? This is many sessions. Many sessions. Yeah, so many you're sessions. feeling this gradually yeah, over time. Yeah, gradually. And, and, and the first thing I noticed, like after, you know, I realized a button I hadn't been pressing and it, and it turned it from a dim sort of light to a very strong strobe. I'm like, oh, wow, I'm glad I didn't give it back before I even knew how to work the thing, you know? So I, I now know how to work it properly. And uh, the first thing I noticed is, so, you know, I do like a just a standard alpha daytime sort of get, okay, let's just get the, the normal brain daytime activity working properly. And, 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 you know, and I start noticing it's like, you know, I'm like, did that work? And then the next day as the brain kind of wakes up, I get into work and I'm just like, I'm in the zone, man. I'm feeling good. And so that's in I'm like, yeah, okay, this is, working on the alpha brainwaves and then and then i start to then go down into uh, into lower brainwaves and then i'll do it for you know 20 30 minutes take the glasses off and then if you know like you know the flow state and you're just hanging out in the space between like like the the flow days of meditation normally to get to that state you know or total absorption in 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 you know in music or something for, for hours and hours you know and and this is like after 15 minutes i'm getting this like this flow state and wow it's pretty effective yeah really nice so then then after about 15 20 minutes i start to more consistently get these you know these hexagonal sort of patterns that that form into a a an inner space that is like these these patterns are like unlocking um have you if you have you still have you have you looked at um um sacred geometry exactly yeah or starting or, to get the fundamental patterns of yeah. the universe or whatever it is and 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 these are twisting and turning and unlocking and, and another dimension opens and then another dimension and then another dimension. And you are you're calling it a dimension. Is that is that what it's feeling like to you? It, yeah, yeah. It's like I am the uh you know awareness aware of these inner dimensions opening and there's there's kind of like inner mists that sort of form and then clear and then another uh piece will open and then it's looking up and up and up and the third eye is open and there's i think i can count 12 dimensions and and at the top of this tunnel is is this spaciousness and openness and the divine light starts to fill it and i'm like oh god thank you hi and 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 I'm back to to where I, you know the original twenty five years ago back with the divine light in my life and re, and and I've got a tool to reliably get there and just open and and the ego is not trying to grasp and make it and push for this thing and like yeah I'm special I can do this it's just I just lie and open and 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 it opens and opens and opens and if I can just stay not get attached to any thoughts not get attached to any sensations just allow 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 and and it just opens and then yeah yeah radiating that's a good report yeah yeah so brain entrainment machine 12 the 12 dimensions you're saying 
It, that's what I, I, I've counted. Like I say, it's trying not to get too attached to anything, but I'm kind of like, so one, two, three, four, five. Okay, yeah, I think it's 12, okay. You know, and uh, just lie back and let it happen. And again, getting back to what I was talking about earlier, like, is this just an experience? You know, it's just an experience, another, another high, another trip, another thing that seems fantastic at the time. But then you crash back down and you're still the same old asshole with pain and, and, and a busy, suffering, stupid mind and stuff. You it, know? Feel, it feels like that to you? It, it does to an extent, but also very, very different. So that I've been having realizations about uh, the root of, uh, of suffering in my, in my life, you know? So, you know, my, um, my dad died when I was uh, 18. I was at this horrible uh, football stadium disaster when, you know, uh, 90 seven people died in front of me and I was caught up in, in horrible things. And that all happened in the same year in 1989. It was just like this massive ball of, of grief and anger was at the center of my being, you know, and all the other things kind of cascade off this. And, and did it feel like that I, through the years? Did that something yeah, was there yeah, even yeah. with this that Kundalini was, and all your experiences that there is this something deep down that you still hadn't been able to get to? Yeah, one hundred percent. And I and, and I it was very much a felt thing through my through my life. You know that yeah, there was this ball of 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 pain and suffering. I didn't know what it was. I had no name for it. And I, and, and it's like okay, it's like there's obviously I think about. Hillsborough, the football is out, and I'm angry about that, and 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 so there's there's a qu- anger anger quality to it, and then I'm just like, and then yeah, I'm I'm angry with my dad, I'm angry with my dad for dying, you know, and I was just like, wow, and then that shifts. It's like, okay, well, what what else am I? Well, I, you know, I'm sad that like I, you know, my dad didn't love and support me in the way that I needed through my teenage years. And I'm like, is that true? Because now I'm not seeing it through the lens of of anger and stuff. I can start to see it in a more in a, under a, a different light. And I'm just and like, this is recent through like yeah, this you- is this is recent. You know, this is like the another like a fundamental piece in the jigsaw. You know, and it's just gone into place fairly. You know, fairly recently. And this ability to see that my dad loved me deeply just as I love my son just as as you know the father can love the son unconditionally just this beautiful thing that I feel for my son this is exactly what my dad felt for me and he showed me in his actions he showed me by taking me fishing when he didn't fish by taking me to the football and showing me you know, taking me to the pub and showing me what a good pint was and showing me what and good music and we'd sit and listen to music and all of these things that we did together, I had been unable to see through the pain of grief and the pain of anger and the and depression, you know, that came from that. And that had clouded everything. And then through the you know the brain entrainment and the, and all of this stuff it's finally cleared 
for me to be able to see from a different perspective, which is that I am loved deeply by my father, you know, and and because of the act of Kundalini, it wasn't, it, it, oh, you know, back, my dad is a real felt presence in my life, loving me now as he's always loved me, you know, and there's no blockage to that now. And I can feel that. And, 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 and feeling it as a Shiva, Shakti union, yin and yang union, you know, mother, earth, father, sky union, whatever, you know, all these archetypes we have, but feeling it as the, as the personal union of father, son, of, of, of mother, son, of this, you know, yin and yang, all, all coming together in a, in a beautiful, harmonious, loving life that's at the core of my being now that I have that I have that felt real sense at the core of my being whenever I feel a bit you know irritated or despondent or whatever about you know day-to-day life and I'm just like you know I, the heart of me now is this is this knowing of 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 love you know of true love it's not something I have to try and conjure up through practice through praying to the buddhas to doing all this work and spending hours trying to make this connection to the loving light that i felt 25 years ago and god please just get back there now it's just yeah it's it's there now you know (laughs) does it feel complete does it feel like a circle was kind of close, you know, you say your father's death, but there was also that initial experience where you heard a voice and you mm-hmm. heard a very, you heard, you felt that unconditional love of, of God come through that, on that journey that started a long time ago. Does it feel like something has completed in a cycle of some way? Yes and no. Um, yes, it, it, it felt very nourishing and complete and like a union i think uh you know we 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 talked at uh you know my 50th birthday and uh, you know we did some mushrooms and had a dance in the forest and and it was this this sense that there's um there's this the 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 star that i see the sky the the the, the cosmic energy and then that that settled into the abdomen into the sea of chi into this uh, union with the with the earthly energies and that felt like i'd you know there's the the microcosmic orbit like that completed and 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 came just very subtly but profoundly to completion but um there's a, a great writer uh ah uh, almas of the the diamond uh path and his last book, I think it's called Runaway Realization. And he's just like, it never ends. <laughs> it is a continual realization of realizations of realizations of realizations. And just, you know, just be happy you're along with these, with the the journey, you know, and the, and the journey is the end, you know, is the, the path is the, is, 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 is it. This is the vehicle. There's no end. We just keep on, you know, keep on going. And 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 the end is that is that it, it, that the the suffering has diminished greatly. You know that that intense suffering 
of of identifying with the ego with this fucked upness this this sense of lack this sense of grief this sense of anger this sense of you know unfairness and, and this this just this intense suffering that has has lessened significantly you know <laughs> i'm sure i'll still get you know i'll have my moments of getting dragged back into and identifying with it and stuff but now it's just like oh yeah i've i remember and, and i can bring myself back to to this you know that like with this nice place that we're sharing now you know yeah it's always available which is great <laughs> the realizations mm-hmm. continue mm-hmm Mm-hmm. so yeah it's uh upwards and onwards now you know um just you know i'm i'm grounded in my you know family life in my you know acupuncture practice in my you know sharing you know music with people and um and that's my base but you know open to to whatever's next you know and uh i, I wouldn't like to to you know who knows who knows you know but it's 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 become a lot more uh enjoyable to to have settled kundalini and and a, and a settled ego that isn't constantly uh you know this internal tension and pressure isn't there or you know dominating my awareness anymore and um yeah i think that kind of sums it up <laughs> that's uh that's a wonderful story, Stephen. That's, well, thanks uh, for uh, asking me to share it. That's yeah, no, I, I'm I'm so glad you did. It's very rich. There's a lot of twists and turns and a lot of experience. So, uh, um, yes, thanks again. That was that was wonderful. It was beautiful. Thank you. And so I reached the final answer. Realize now that there is none. Oh, I just sit real quiet and ponder This thing that we call the one Didn't anybody tell me This is how I'm gonna be Mind and body of a normal human Ripping through with Kundalini. Oh, yeah. Wow. Another big, heartful thanks to Stephen Potter for coming along and uh, sharing his wonderful story of discovery with us all. And seeing as Stephen is from Liverpool, England, it's only suiting that the musical inspiration for this episode came from the Beatles. Um, the song, She Came In Through the Bathroom Window from Side 2 of Abbey Road. Quite possibly one of the most, well, it's hard to say what is the most beautiful music out there, but Side 2 of Abbey Road. Was the Beatles not just creating a whole new genre but they mastered it at the same time in the way that the Beatles were apt to do. So thanks to the Beatles. Thanks to my guest, Stephen Potter. Thanks to Liverpool, England in general. 
Thanks to everybody for tuning in to episode number 10. We've hit double digits in the McNutty's Dimension. Thanks to listeners, supporters, friends, all my guests. It's been, uh, there's more to come. I'm just getting warmed up, people. So if you're enjoying what I'm throwing out there, um, yeah, stay tuned. It's going to be more. If you want to connect, McNuttiest is the only thing you need to know. McNuttiest.com is my website. McNuttiest on Facebook. McNuttiest on Instagram. Other social media platforms that I sign up for using the McNuttiest name that I don't even know if I really go on that much, but you can check it out. Um, Who knows? Give it a whirl. Just try McNuttiest. YouTube as well. It's likely me. Again, Thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the McNutty's Dimension Consciousness Salon. It's been great to have you here. I'm Chris McNutt, and we'll catch you next time.